All right, good morning, everyone. Glad you could join us this morning. Uh, my name is uh, Bert Newman. I'm the youth pastor here, and I'll be um, sharing a message. I, I, I see a lot of grandparents out there, and I know that uh, I am not what you came for. Um, uh, my mom, thankfully, thankfully you, 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 your grandchildren will be out here soon, and you will not have to um, hear me sing or dance or anything. My mom used to always say I was a ham, but I also sing like a pig, too, so I won't... Uh, I won't put you through that. Um, but we are um, continuing in John chapter 1 as we do this Advent building up to Christmas, to the coming of the Christ, the coming of the Word of God. Uh, so I'm going to uh, read here in John 1, verses 9 through 13. Um, uh, the Word of God says this, starting in verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born out of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let me pray. Uh, Father God, this is such a great season of the year. There's so much going on, Lord. There's, there's so many good things going on, so many exciting things um, with sports and school ending and, and um, holidays and presents and family and all these things. Lord, there's also many sad things going on too, um, Lord, in this, this, this hard time of year, um, doing celebrations without family members, without friends um, for the first time or for many times, maybe even Father and um, it can be really easy to go past all of the lights and the um, nativity scenes and, and, and uh, even into church and kind of forget and miss the point of it all. Father, I pray as, as, as we um, jump into this passage that we um, will not miss Jesus, that we will not um, reject him, Lord, but that we will see him, that, that we will believe in him, that, that you'll um, help us to receive him, to receive Christ, to, to see him, to see the great love and grace that you have shown us through him, and that, that all these things that surround us can be a reminder of those things, Father. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, so as I said, uh, later the, the children are going to come up and they're going to sing songs. They're going to sing a lot of the, the Christmas songs. We've been singing some Christmas songs this morning already. Um, one of my favorite songs, which probably wasn't always one of my favorite songs, I think it's kind of like just kind of recent um, for me, is uh, the song the song Mary Did You Know. Uh, it's a, a pr- pretty cool song that, that I've always really enjoyed. What makes the song so good, and so, uh, I don't know, what, what, what just it really pulls, pulls out of me, it really, really um, I don't know, opens my heart, opens my mind about, it, is this concept of Mary... Is, is holding her baby, right? You imagine her holding a baby, baby Jesus, and it's just like asking her, right? It's like, man, how much, how much did you know? How much did you understand? Like, man, you were holding God in your hand. The Savior of the world who came to deliver you, you just delivered. And so a, a wonderful song, because I think it would be so easy to see this baby and to, and to miss that and not see it. And, I, and, and I've kind of said this in the words, but let, let me read a few to you, just such, such great lines. Mary, did you know 
that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. And the song is to point out this, this concept of that, that because of the amazingness of Jesus' birth, because of the, the fact, I love that song, manger, throne, right? Because that Christ, God, came to reveal himself, not um, initially as this, this general, as this king, as a soldier with fire and with warriors, but in a manger as a child, as a baby, coming um, to bring peace and joy to the world um, and forgiveness for sins. And that is very much the point of this passage here. And so just in a few minutes um, with your time here, what I want to do is I want to break down how John, the author of this book, is pointing out that this great gift of Jesus, this great person of Jesus, this true light as we see in this passage, is something that is so wonderful and so grand, yet can be missed. And yet at the same time can be so easily received. And so let's dive in and jump in and look in this passage. I want to start just a little bit with nine. We've talked a lot about this building up to this point, but this is kind of a presentation of, of, of who this is, who this, this, this Jesus is. And, and verse nine, it says this, it says the true light. And again, we've had a lot of this before, but, but true light, this is um, true in comparison to um, John the Baptist. Last week, Peter talked about John the Baptist, how John was not the light himself, but he bore witness to the light. He was not the true light. Jesus is the true light. But I think also Jesus is the true light in the sense that sometimes we, we pretend like other things are our light, right? Or that thing in the darkness that we will follow. But those are not true lights. Those are false lights. But the true light is Jesus himself. The true light, as, as John has presented so far, is the word that was with God, the word that was God, the word that was in the beginning, the word that created all things. That is the true light. And then he says this very wonderful thing gives light to everyone. And I think that means two things. I think there's a lot there. John talks a lot about light. I think he has two things in mind here, at least, at least two things. I think one is the concept of creation, right? In the beginning, um, God created light, right? I think, I think that concept, you see that in, in uh, verses two and three, there, this concept of creating. So I think one thing he is saying is that gives light to everyone means he created everyone. But I also think it means in a sense that God has revealed himself, that Jesus has come, um, that, that everyone may see him in, in, in a sense. And we'll get into that as, as, we, as, as we go in. And uh, also, I think it also, I guess, tied into that second point is there, there, is, there is a goodness in this world um, despite sin, despite pain, despite hurt, there's a goodness, and, and that, that light, that revelation is, comes from Jesus himself. Um, and so he is the true light, and he gives light to everyone, and even better, he was coming into the world. He was coming into the world, right? That's, again, of course, what we're celebrating in, in this time of Christmas. But man, what great news. This great, amazing gift, this great God, this God of life, this God of love is stepping into the darkness, in a world, into a world of sin and came into the world. I think that's something important to think about is a lot of times when John is talking about world, what he's really trying to point out is um, World as, as, as far as the, the, the fallen world, the world is fallen apart, the, the world is as a, as, a, as a negative thing, as a dark place, and Jesus, the light, is walking into it. Okay, so that's kind of our, our introductory concept, that this light, this great gift is coming. He's coming, and, and, and he has a goal, and we're going to see 
I'm going to kind of um, spill, spill, spill the end here, spoiler alert, the, that his goal is to save, is to make people children of God. To save, to bring the children of God. That's going to be his big theme. And so what I want to do here is I see, I see in here first two warnings. I see two examples of people that are not children of God. And then I see in verse 12 who are children of God. So we're going to, we're going to have uh, two that are not, one that is. And then at the end we've kind of got an epilogue verse in verse 13 that kind of summarizes the whole concept. And so that, that's what we're going to do. So the first one uh, is, is verse 10 here. It says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So Jesus made the world. He created the world. He created uh, all the people in the world. He created everything in the world. And he even came into the world, yet, yet, the world did not know him. And I think what's helpful about this, I think sometimes we have this we have this 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 thought this idea that all people are children of God and though it is true it is true that we are all made in God's image and it's true that God created all of us in this sense that John is trying to get at we are not children of God um, one of the best chapters to help understand this concept actually is it's just a couple chapters later, and that's John 3. So we're going to get some help from John 3. So John three nineteen and 20 says this. It says, And this is the judgment. The light was coming into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light. His works, that his works should be exposed. So in this chapter, chapter 3, Jesus is revealing to us that, in fact, all people, in a sense, do see the light, right? Notice it says, it says um, the light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light. So even though the light, this light, this Jesus that came, created us, gave us life, gave us light, gives us um, the good things that we do have, right? The, the common grace, the good things that, they, that God has given us, right? We have these, yet we know that the world does not bow down and worship him. The world does not love God back, right? We do not. We, we, we hate him back. We, in fact, we love ourselves more than him. In fact, we even do this thing where we even see ourselves as God, right? And so in that, the world, just, just being born of this world does not make you a child of God. That's, 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 that's the first kind of warning, the first example of, of, of what is not a child of God. That you can be created by the light, you can be created by Jesus himself, and still not know him. Number two, his own. It says in verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Um, his own, I believe very clearly, is, is Israel, is, is, is uh, the people of Jerusalem. And this one is really important, right? If anyone, if anyone is going to be the children of God, surely it's going to be the people that he chose, and the people that he promised, and the people that he loved, and the people that he saved over and over and over again, Right? 
And again, another helpful chapter to help us see and understand this is John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, Jesus is talking to some of the religious leaders um, in Israel at the time. And they just are really not liking Jesus. They really have big issues with him. And uh, Jesus is is really hitting them hard with some truths. And they're, they're starting to stand on this concept. They're starting to stand on this idea. They're saying, look, we come from Abraham. The guy that God promised, the guy that God made promises to, we, we, we are from him. We have come from him. And Jesus says this. He says, I know, in, in, in John eight thirty seven. he says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Now he goes on, and he says, we find out what he means by your father. Is he saying, your father is not Abraham, and your father isn't God? He says, your father is Satan. Because even though you are of Abraham, and even though you are of the people of God, the word of God is not in your heart. And he says many things, Jesus says many things, like if, if, if you did, if it was, if you knew God, if you loved God, you would love me. You would love Jesus. You, 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 would, you, would, you, you would believe in him. But you don't. And again, that's, that's so challenging to me. So challenging to us. Because, man, if anybody would, would be children of God, surely it would be these people who were given the promises, who were saved over and over again. But it isn't. And I think, I think we can do something here. I think, we can, I think it is okay for us to take it a little bit further. Because you may say, well, I'm, I'm not an Israelite. Um, I'm, I'm not a Jew, so this doesn't mean... But I, I do think we can apply this in another way. I do think that we can apply to this concept of if, if, if we connect ourselves, if we, if we um, think of ourselves as children of God, that alone does not make you a child of God. If you, if you bear... If you just bear that name Christian, when you check that box, you check the box Christianity, if you like um, listening to certain songs or whatever it may be, that does not make you a Christian. If you, um, I guess the best way to say it is this, is Jesus was talking to people who were very, very legalistic. He was talking to people who kept the word of God very, very seriously, yet they completely missed it. They completely miss Jesus. And so I think that is the warning here, is you can, you can think you are completely obeying and doing all the right things, but completely miss it and not be a child of God. And that should be a scary warning. I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be, right? This is the way it's worded. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, right? And so when I look at these two examples of the world and his own, I cannot help but think about that song, but I kind of changed the words in my head a little bit of like, world, did you know, did you know that the one who created you, the one that gave you breath, came to save you? World, did you know that the one that created light became flesh for you? And sadly, the answer is no. People of God, Israel, people who call yourself people of God, did you know that the writer of the laws that you follow came to rescue you from a sin you could never overcome? 
Did you know that the Savior, the man you put on a cross, came to save you? Thankfully, John does not leave us with that heavy warning, with those heavy, heavy points. Because I think the point of that heaviness is to show even greater the light of what he's about to see. Because in verse 12, starts with a very awesome word, and that word is but. We have all these things. The world did not see, did not know him. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him. There are those who do receive him. And, and this, is gonna, this verse is going to tell us what that means and how that looks like. Okay, so it says, it says this here. It says, um, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I think, so this concept of the world did not know him, his own people did not receive him. So who, who is it? Who does receive him? Who does receive him? Those that receive him are those that believe. Those that believe him. But I think, I think we can ask this question, those that believe what? Those that believe what? And it says right here, thankfully, it says believe in his name. Believe in his name. Talking about Jesus. Believe in his name. What is his name? Again, in John 8, when Jesus is speaking to these uh, Pharisees, these legalistic Pharisees, they're talking and, and uh, he, he gets this point where he says, look, this father you called Abraham, he was waiting for my day to come. You were speaking against me, but Abraham was for me. He wanted me to come. And he was glad to see that I would come. And the Pharisees say, you're not even 50 years old. Abraham lived a long, long, long time ago. How could you even know what Abraham thought? And then Jesus says this wonderful phrase. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And in that, Jesus is telling you his name. I am. When Moses asked the burning bush that was the voice of God, who shall I say that you are? He says, say, I am. Say, I am that I am. Say, I am sent you. Yahweh, the one true God. Jesus presented himself that way. And so how do we receive Jesus? By believing that he is God. And in that, believing that he is who he says he is, believing that he did what he said he would do, and trusting in that alone. That is how we receive and we become children of God. And then verse 13 wraps it all up. Verse 13 gives us a point of its sake. He gives us these two warnings of this is what it doesn't look like, and this is what it does look like. And in this almost epilogue, he says, so let me, let me explain what this looks like. He says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so he uses these three phrases, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And so what he's doing there is he's using three ways that you could talk about a physical birth. Three ways that you could talk about um, someone being born to this world, or even ways that you could be born into Israel, into the people of God, right? right? It, you, a, a physical birth has to do with, with blood, has to do with, with, with bloodlines, with, with genetics, with um, being born of, 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 of certain f- mothers and fathers, just like Israel would look like. 
Um, a physical birth also has to do with the flesh. It has to do with making decisions for a baby to be made and all these kind of things. And then the third, you know, a, a man deciding to make a baby um, and all these things. And, he, and he's pointing out that that is how a physical baby is made. A child is made. That is how a child um, of the world is made. That is even how a child of Abraham, a child of Israel, is made. But a child of God is born of God. Is born of God. And that means a lot of things. There's a lot that that means. And I want to pull out three things that, 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 that I think is helpful for us today of what that means. Number one, being born not of man but of God, meaning that your, your, your identity as a child of God comes not from physical or born, but of God, one thing it means is that it is not something that I achieve myself. It is not something that I achieve through um, my bloodlines, my genetics, the choices I make as far as the things that I do. Um, it's not based on the bad things I've done or the good things I've done, but on God himself. Number two... It also means, because it comes from God, that it cannot be taken away from me by the will of, or the actions of man. Man cannot take away my role, my newness as a child of God. And the third thing that it means is that all people in the world is open to everyone. Because it has, doesn't have to do with the choices you make. doesn't have to do with your bloodlines. Because it has to do with God, it is an open invitation to become a child of God. Because God can make anyone his. Though we sin, though we spit in God's face, though we choose to, like that verse said in, in John 3, live in the darkness and hide from the light, God comes into the darkness and he grabs us. No matter where you're from, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, what we must then do is believe. And if you believe, you will receive. So I guess let me, let me end with this. As we think about this Christmas season, as you walk past nativity and lights, think about this concept. As we watch this, this uh, um, little play this morning, think this way. Shadron. Did you know? Did you know that this baby boy has come to make you new? Shadrach, did you know that Jesus came to deliver you? Ridgeview, did you know that the baby in the manger is heaven's perfect lamb? Ridgeview, did you know that Jesus is the great I am? If you know that, believe it, and then you receive it. Receive him and you will be children of God. Let me pray. Father, you gave us the greatest gift we could ever receive, Father, and, it's, and it doesn't come through our actions. It comes through belief, through trusting in you, through believing by faith that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus was sent by you, that Jesus has done the things he said he would do, that he came and died was risen 
and now sits with you, and Lord, that through him, through that death, we can have eternal life with you forever. Lord, I pray that we can receive that, and I pray that in that we can know that we can tell everyone about you, that all may receive you. Lord, I pray that in this Christmas season, we may take all the opportunities, all of the examples, all the lights, the nativity scenes, the presents, use everything as an example to teach and show the world that they can receive this great gift that you offer to them. Father, that comes only from you. Lord, the right of it comes only from you. We have no right to be children of God apart from you and apart from your power. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. And these things in your name we pray. Amen.